Matzi Shabbos regulars, welcome to David Rosenblum, Matzi Shabbos regular. Do you see how many Kutnikim there are? Because right now we only have 72. We were over 100 with all the Kutnikim. Now you know that there's about 30 Kutnikim. Yeah, it's true. All right, Rabbi Sai. Agutavach. Don't tell me all the news. I don't want to hear the news yet. What's going on? There's no Eilu Nishmas today. Baruch Hashem. Today, let's. Okay. Everybody's muted. Oh, Eilu Nishmas. Do it tomorrow. We'll put up a sign. The whole thing. Uh, today's share is Lurifuas David Rifal David Yecheskel Ben Peril. This is my father in law's Chavrus in Chicago. A tremendous, tremendous Tamut Chacham. He went into the ICU, he was in terrible, terrible condition, Erev Shabbos, a young guy. But Bar Hashem, he made some sort of uh, turn. So we're hoping that that turn is going to continue. I'll tell you a little bit of a story. A crazy story, and it's a tremendous Musar Haskell. Uh, my father-in-law went to my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law is a Rosh Hashiva today in the Siva Siren. He went to his Rebbe, and he said, Rebbe, how come my son is not learning? What's going on? So he looked at my father-in-law and he said, Listen, you're a surgeon, and you don't do too much learning yourself, so don't complain. What kind of chinuch is it? You want your son to learn, you have to learn. The following morning, my father-in-law went to the Kailal and he said, I want a Chavrusa. And they gave him David Oppenheimer. And, uh, what? Seder. So David Oppenheimer was my father-in-law's Chavrusa for over 25 years. I, I think they might have missed, you know, three, four days in those 25 years. David Oppenheimer would walk every single Shabbos, to our house, every, every time I'm there in his mind, I see him learning with my father-in-law every single day. Shabbos, it doesn't matter if there's three feet of snow, if it's 120 degrees, he would walk on Shabbos, and during the week, obviously, there's cars and everything, so, you should have a Rufur Shalema Bekarayv. His son came from Yeshiva, I think, with it, I don't know what happened over there exactly, but the matzah wasn't so good, Bezer Hashem will get better. Here's an email, my first time learning Daf Yaimi, and I've been enjoying Enjoying since Brachas Dafal. Where's Dr. Factor? Is he on? Uh, so you'll be able to hear me patting myself on my back. What are you complaining about? And cannot wait until I get to be involved with the Daf every day. So every day, like, you can't wait. I'm explaining. Diukim. I grew up in a yeshiva and I've never learned as consistently as I am now pointed out by my wife in parentheses. Please give thanks, a hug, a kiss to Reb Eli and all those who help. Love the entire Hevra. He loves you, Dr. Factor. The entire Hevra. It's one of a kind. I look forward to the day we can be together in person. That's that. I wish I knew his name. Next one. I really enjoy using the 8-minute daf as a review. Today I listened to the full daf. Enjoy the interaction with those who listen live. I don't know what an interaction It's basically me, Avi, Noam, and Gary. Just wanted to point out when you... When you made the Mishaberich L'Chaylam at the end of the shir, now this is amazing because usually people correct me during the shir and everything. This guy waited all the way until after the shir and then he corrected me on something that was after the shir. Givaldik. I made a Mishaberich L'Chaylam after the shir. Since women are included, the Nusach should be L'Chal Avireyam L'Chal Gideyam. Good point. I said L'Ramach and L'Shasah. Alright, one more. Oh, one more. This one comes from Yermio Mac, because yesterday it just so happens to be, I was talking to the Clifton guys, and I said, where are the Passaic guys? Because Clifton is next to Passaic. So this guy sends me from Passaic. Shalom Aleichem, Rebelli. I'm an occasional on and off listener. These days, I'm more on and off since I've been confined to my home all day. Wow, that's weird. One of a kind guy. Your engaging style and clear presentation of the concepts on each daf make it a truly pleasurable experience. May this chus of teaching Torah Barabim and the resultant Kiddush Hashem, Shem Shemayim, protect you and all the sheer participants. Mikol Tzara Question. You mentioned yesterday that all Stefanski are related. Do you know then how you're related to Rav Yaakov Stefanski, Zechat Tzadik Levrocha, who is the 10th grade Rebbe in Philly for many years? Kol Tuv, Yirmiyom Mech. 
Well, since he's not online, I'm not going to answer the question. All right. Let's learn. Teire. Where's my thing? Oh, here it is. Gewaldic. We are holding. Dav Chof Ches. Koyach. Omad Beis. So, quick review. The famous Mishnah we say in Bamei Madlikin. Psilas ha'abeget she'kiplo v'lo yivavo. You take a piece of garment and you fold it over and you make a wick out of it, but you didn't singe it before Shabbos. You're not allowed to, Baruch Hashem, wow, we have over 80 people on a Motsi Shabbos at a 9 o'clock. So you take this psila and you put it in oil. Are you allowed to use it or not allowed to use it? Machloikas. Rebbe Leza says you're not allowed to. Rebbe says you can't. Rebbe Leza also says it's Tomei. Rebbe says it's not Tomei. So we had one explanation so far for both Machlokesin, and today we're going to have another explanation on both Machlokesin. The other day we had, the explanation was, first of all, when it comes to Tumah, the question is, if you take a garment and you fold it up, are you dismissing the garment? Are you saying it's no longer a garment and it's just a wick? And if it's just a wick, it's not Tomei. A beggar is Tomei. A wick is not Tomei. Rebbe Lezer says, no, just by you taking a baguette and folding it up doesn't do anything. It still remains a baguette, so it's still Tomei. Rebbe Kiva says it's not. Then we had one of the oddest pshatim in Shas. It's a four-step. You have to believe in four things in order for this pshat to take effect. And that was, why are you not allowed to use a wick that was a baguette and you fold it up? So the Gemara said, because, A, we're talking about a baguette that's exactly three fingers by three fingers, not a millimeter more. B, we're talking about a situation that Yante falls out on Friday. So now we already have two Echetimsas. Three, we hold like Rabbi Yehuda that says that something that's Noilad was born on Yante, it's Muktzah. Can't touch it. Because Rabbi Shimon, we're going to see a lot more of it today. Rabbi Shimon holds that Noilad on Yante, in these cases, is Mutter. Okay, so that's three things. And a fourth thing, you also have to believe in Ula. Ula holds. Now, what's the problem? Why do you have to believe in Ula? Because if you just start the fire on the wick, then everything is good. What's wrong with it? So you lit it, and it's not mok, so you walk away. Yeah, but Ula holds. You have to light the entire thing. Rubai, the whole thing that's sticking up. So you have to sit there with your candle and make sure that the whole thing get, catches on fire. But the millisecond you lit it, that's when it becomes noilad. Now it's ruined. It used to be a nice piece of clothing. Now you singed it. That millisecond you singed it, it was born a new birth called a shevarkli. But I still have to hold on to my flame because I have to get the whole thing, says Ula. Oh, now I'm not allowed to hold my flame there. It's mukta. That's the pshat. So I have to believe in four things to just understand the pshat. Did anybody think about it while they were davening the Shabbos? Now maybe you understand Pshat. You need four things. Okay. That's where we left off yesterday. We left off in the middle of a word. It was already 8.08, I think, so I had to stop smack in the middle of a sentence. So let's go weiter. Most of the Davyomi participants are Nisach Spart, so they're saying Kigavah anyway. <laughs> Thanks, Avi. Appreciate that one. Naftali, you're not smart? No, no, no. Leon, I know Leon. I never asked him this question. I guarantee you, Leon, South Africans, they're all Litvaks. And he's shaking his head, yes. Givaldic. This is Leon from South Africa. My son in law came over to the screen. The big screen is not working today. So he's coming. He's going to do this. Quite, if you see his nose coming into the picture, don't worry about it. It's my son in law. You're going to see Leon, I promise you, Leon's going to come visit us, Bezer Hashem, we're going to spend Shabbos together, it's going to be great. Zog the Gemara. Omer Av Yosef, a holding, I don't know, five lines from the bottom. Omer Av Yosef, Hainu the Tanino, you have to make sure, Mayor, that the screen, the YouTube screen is on and nobody's calling, and if somebody calls, get, get them off, whatever. Omer Av Yosef, Hainu the Tanino, Sholish al Sholish Mitzumtzamais. Remember, Sholish al Sholish means three fingers by three fingers. Shleisha shleisha means three fists by three fists. Avi, meanwhile, get get Eli on the get Eli on Zoom. I can't do matzah shabbos without Eli. So he learned this. He learned the thing when he was younger, I guess. Rabbi Yosef, 
that says that there's three fingers by three. Oh, Ellie's on. I see Ellie. Okay, thanks, Ellie. And we got Ben Novak also on. Ben Novak, wow. By the way, Ben Novak, I, I want to say, there's nothing like what you and your Haverim are doing. It's unbelievable. Going out there, being a nurse, being a doctor, doctor, factor, and all the other doctors. It's unreal. The, the, the Messir's Nefesh, knowing that you are going to get sick, it's not if, it's probably when, and you're doing it and risking your lives and risking everything else just to help Yiddish people and not Yiddish people, whatever. Unbelievable. It's, uh, we can't comprehend what you guys do. It's unbelievable. And the amount of hours that you have to be there and, and not using masks and using used masks and the whole thing. So tremendous Yishkoyach from us and the whole Shir and the whole Klai Yisrael. So, says Rabbi Yosef, I once heard this thing, this weird thing about having three fingers by th- something, three fingers exactly, and I never understood. But now it makes sense. According to this Pshad, it's only in a situation where it's exactly three fingers, to the point where I singe it, it's less than three fingers, it becomes a shevarkli, and that's what's going on. Okay. And now I understand. But remember this Rav Yosef, because in the next Pshat in the Gemara, we're going to have to understand how Rav Yosef fits in. So as the Gemara in the commentaries, Now this whole Pshat that we just gave, the four-step Pshat, was Rav Adabarahava. And one of the steps in the four steps is that you have to hold like Rav Yehuda that holds Noilad is Muktza. I cannot touch it on Yantif. Because if you hold like Rav Shemi, you could touch it, then the whole Pshat falls, flies out the window. So obviously, Ravada Brahava holds like Rabbi Huda. Shema Menok Rabbi Huda is really. Umi Omer Ravada Brahava Hachi. Omer Ravada Brahava. Top of Dav Chavtesu Medalev. Nachri Shechokat Kav Bevikas Yisrael Masiko Biyantiv. Here I have another case of Noilad on Yantiv, where a guy created a kli, he created a vessel out of my piece of wood. He took my sukkah beam and he made a nice little kli out of it. What is that called? That's called Noilad. It's a new creation. The Jew never had in mind that he's going to do something like that. And you're allowed to use it. You're allowed to cook with it. You're allowed to take it and throw it into the fire, make firewood. That's only according to Reb Shimon. According to Reb Yehuda, that would be a major problem of Noilad. So, does Reb Adabar have a hold of Reb Yehuda or he doesn't hold a Reb Yehuda? What's going on? Says the Gemara. No, he doesn't hold of Noilad. He argues with Rabbi Yehuda, and that's why he says over there that if a guy makes a kli out of a piece of wood, I could use it on Yantif. It's not Mukta. I could pick it up and toss it in the fire. If it would be Mukta, I wouldn't be able to do that. So why is he talking in the sheet of Rabbi Yehuda? Because he's just trying to explain Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Kiva. He says the, the way to explain Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Kiva, and the Mishnah is a four step process. One of the steps is Rabbi Yehuda. I don't hold of Rabbi Yehuda, but they must hold like Rabbi Yehuda, and that's how it works. Rav Omar. Now we're going to say a new pshat. Why? Number one, we want to know why you can't use it on Shabbos. According to Rabbi Lezer, you can't use a wick that was folded from a beged. And number two, why is it tummy? According to Rabbi Lezer. Rav says, High in the time of Rabbi Lezer, we're kind of familiar with this. Says Rava, very simple. You're not allowed to use a wick on Shabbos that's not singed beforehand. You know how like the husbands, they try to help their wives and they start the candles beforehand? It comes from this. There's an Indian to make it easier to light. Because if it's not darkened, if it's not black, if it's not singed, it won't light well. And you might come to fix it on Shabbos. They say nowadays it's not such an issue anymore. Everything lights easy. That's why a lot of us are lazy and we don't help our wives. But that's the Indian. Before we were talking about that if it's three and three, three by three, and it's exactly three by three, and I light it, now it becomes a shever kli. That all fits into the four-step process. But Rav is just saying something else. Rav is saying, I can't light it because it has to be black, dark. What, what, what shaykh is the three by three fingers? Says the Gemara, tuma. you're right. It has nothing to do with this concept. It's another halacha that Rav Yosef must have heard that you need three by three exactly. This is not. 
We were learning up until now that three fingers by three fingers is considered a beged. Well, it's considered a beged, but you need a little bit more called a hem, a malal. Why? Because what's the poor person going to do with it? He's going to use it as a patch. I don't know, am I dreaming? I was asking people in my house, they thought I was crazy, but I remember when I was a kid, some kids used to come to school with patches on their pants, by their knees. You remember that stuff? People remember, oh, the older guys are shaking their heads. The younger guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Right? We used to use patches. Not my, my mother never did that. I used to get hand-me-downs from the neighbors. So I had nice pants. But, but patches? No, seriously, I, don't, I didn't have patches. But I, I remember other kids. It's like a cool thing. Some mothers used to put the patches on the pants before they had the hole. Now that's like, like a whole new level. Anyway, yeah, yeah you, you remember that? He remembers the shtickle. My kids thought I was crazy when I said it. So, so what's a poor person going to do with a patch? Now the problem is, oh, Avi Mandel gives you a thumbs up. Shmak, I like the zoom. You can do all sorts of things. Some sport jackets, yeah, have the patch on the corner. You're right, you're right, yeah. Fine, but that's like a style thing. I'm talking about like literally, you, you, you messed up your pants, you made a hole, and I'm not going to buy you new pants. You're going to wear this patch for the next six months, you hear me? So, but a poor person can't take a 3x3 three three patch and start using it. Why? Because it's going to come undone. So I need you to make a little bit of a hem and make it 3x3. Three three. So now it's not 3x3, three three, it's 3x3 three three plus. So it's like, do I need 3x3 three three plus? Comes Rabbi Yosef and says, no, 3x3 three three exactly. That's the halacha that Rabbi Yosef heard. You need 3x3 three three exactly without the hem. By the way, Rabbi Yosef, we're just about to finish today's daf. Tomorrow and for the next four days, we have Gishmaka Gadata stuff. So if you enjoy these things, hop right now. It's all Gishmaka now. It's unbelievable stuff. All right, Yudam Rav. So now we're going to see three items that are Noilad. And it's unbelievable because when you see the Gemara's Pshat, it becomes so clear. But as, you, as we read it, we can see it's, it's one step more than the other. This is the step that we spoke about before. What does Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav say? And by the way, the Gemara is going to say he never heard it from Rav. He learned it from a story. It's a big difference. He didn't hear Rav say Mefurish. Nevertheless, Omer Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, the famous Talmud of Rav and Shmuel, he says, I heard from Rav the following. It's also according to Rav Yehuda to use a broken clee on Yantif because it's Noilad. It was a whole Kli, and now it's not a Kli, it's a broken Kli. So that was, it was created on Yantif. Created on Yantif. I can't use it to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon Matir. Masikim Bitmarim. I could take this, this date, and use it as firewood. Achalon. But once I eat the fruit part, so guys, you understand right away, this is a tremendous chiddush. Before I had a kli, and the kli broke. When did it break? On Yantif. So that's a serious noilat. But this, what am I doing? I'm eating the fruit, and I'm going to use the pit inside the fruit. In those days, I guess it was hard to come by the wood, or maybe it burns really well. I'm not exactly sure. But the pit, where's the pit? When did the pit get into my date? The pit was in my date before I bought the date, right? So why is that noilad? It's noilad because I just unpeeled it and I discovered it. I'm extracting it now on Yantif. That's noilad. That's a huge chiddush. Listen to this chiddush. This is even bigger than that. Next step. Masikim be'goizim. Again, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but in my days, as if I'm like 90 years old, but when I was a kid, on Pesach, my parents always had those walnuts and they had the big walnut cracker. You guys remember that? Nobody knows what I'm talking about, because today they don't even sell that stuff. So, yeah, they sell it in the, the thing. I get it. Fine. I haven't seen it in years. My kids don't even know what it is. They think that that's how it grows in the tree. Fine. So, by the way, you know why pistachios, you never see a pistachio nut. You know why? Does anybody know why? I've never in my life seen the shell of pistachio. Uh, not pistachio, I mean the um, cashew. Sorry, the cashew. Pistachio always. Why not? Why not cashew? Your boy say, you know why? Because it's poison. So they have to extract it for you. That's what I heard. 
Ayn Shom, maybe somebody should look it up on Google real quickly. That's what I heard. You'll never, ever see a cashew shell. Because that has poison in it. They have to take it off you. But anyway, so you take a walnut. A walnut, what is it? It's wood. So I could use this wood as a fire. No, it's noilad. Why? Because today it's not wood. Today it's protecting the nut inside. Once I take the wood, what does it say over there? Yeah, it says it. Turns out that cashew shell is toxic. That's what Mati Milldorf, Milldorf zokt. Okay, Remati Shkoyach. So this is a small chiddush compared to a walnut, right? The walnut, you could see the wood. You actually see it. It's extracted, the, the, but you're not going to use it. In your mind, you're not using it. You bought it to, to use the nut. Once you take the nut out, all of a sudden now it turns into firewood. That's called noiland. Let's see inside. Masikim be goizim acholon. Once you eat it, a masikim was here. Then you cannot use the shell. Divi Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon Mate. Utsrichot. So now the Gemara goes through everything we just said. Diashmina kamaisa. If I just say the first case of a pot. Vayikoma Rabbi Yehuda. Mishum dimikari kli vashta shever kli. That makes the most sense. I have a beautiful kli. On Yontif, as Yontif came in, it was a kli. And then I broke the kli somehow. I burnt it. I broke it. So that's a real true noilad on Yantif. But a date which has the pit, it's born with the pit. Nothing changed. You didn't create a new pit. I would think perhaps it's not noilad. And then the next step. And if you'll say only the case of a date. Okay, it was covered. It makes a lot of sense, it was covered, so you didn't really see it. And now you uncovered on Yontif, so now you created a noilad. That's a nice noilad. But a walnut, or any other type of nut, the wood part, the burning part, the, the flammable part, is exposed. Maybe it's not noilad. Says the Gemara, Rav never said this over to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda understood this on his own from a story. The Rav Rav one day was eating on a weekday, on a Tuesday afternoon. He was eating a date. And he took the pit and he threw it into the fire pit. Who's Rabbi He's his uncle, right? We had a few times, his uncle. And who was Rav's father and mother? Rebchi's brother and sister. Remember? Remember everybody like, what? A brother? No, he's saying not. Avi, it's not? It's a brother from a different... I just don't remember. Oh, you don't remember? We just had him brachas, okay. They weren't related. They were allowed to get married. They were from different parents, but were, Rebchia was in the middle. Rebchia had a half-sister and half-brother that got married, and they had Rav. So he's telling Rav, Bar Pchasi, you come from special people, from G'daylem. I know your brother. I know your father. He happens to be my brother. Bar Pchasi, By the way, so he's, he's giving like a little uh, lesson to his nephew. What you just did, you tossing that pit into the fire is Asra Yantav. Why would it be Asra Yantav? Because what you're holding in your hand is Muktza. You shouldn't be touching it. Don't be touching Muktza and throwing stuff into the oven. Says the Gemara, Did Rav agree or not? He didn't say anything. Tashma, I'll prove to you that he did not agree with his uncle. The Chiyasa Rav Lebavel, when Rav came down to Bavel, Achal Tamrei, on Yontif. Now this is not the weekday. This is a Yontif. He took a pit. He tossed the pit towards his animal. To an animal. So what do you see? You see that he held that it's not Noilad. That's why he took it. He held it. He touched Muktza. And threw it to his animals. Says the Gemara. My love. We're talking about really good dates. Now let me show you. I have a date. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to open it up for a second. Oh, this is shvacha quality. Maybe not. I don't know. Here you go. You decide. No, this is pretty good quality. You see? 
What do you see on the pit? Nothing. It came off clean. Came out clean. Here's the date. It just came out. So that's called a parsiasa. That's a really nice date, high quality. So that the fruit separates from the pit easily. So Mimela, my love, perhaps it was pure firewood with no fruit on it. And the fact that he tossed it into the fire to the animal, it shows that he held that it's not mukta and he didn't accept his uncle's pshat. Loy, Varmiyasa. Armiyasa is inferior quality. The mother of this pit is what? Is fruit. So the pit still has some fruit. So it's not considered, it's not, it's not a piece of wood. We lo- he viewed the pit like fruit. So fruit, you're allowed to toss an animal fruit. That's not a problem. If it's your animal, whatever. So that's, don't bring me a raya one way or another. It's possible that that pit was muktzah, it's possible. It's not muktzah, it's possible. He held like a review, though. Didn't hold like a review, though. I don't know. Although we know, we, the, the Gemara didn't bring down that Rav himself does hold like a review, though, muktzah. You remember, we just had it a few days ago. Rav and Shmuel, one holds like Rav held like Reviuda, another one held like Shimon. Open the date on Shabbos. Yeah. For firewood. If you're not using it for firewood, did you use the date? Of course, the date, of, obviously, it's fruit. Fruit is, fruit is not mokta. This is the pit. You have to put down right away. You can't pick it up later on and use it for something else. No? Okay. Dates? No. It's like any other, f- any other food. Yeah? You're eating a watermelon. Whatever you're eating, you have no, you have no, you have no uh, purpose for it. Pits are mukta, right? Over here, you're talking about noila. That's something else. The pit has a purpose. You could feed it to an animal, but it became it's mukta of noila. It just you just discover it now. Says the Gemara, Omale Rav Shmuel Bar Bar Rav Yosef. Very nice question here. According to Rabbi Yehuda, that I could use. Pots. I could use utensils, wooden utensils, for my firewood. But if they're broken, they broke on Shav on Yantif, they're noilad and they can't. Kivin the Adigabut Purto Havalu Shivrikalim. Says say as a chap, Rav Shmuel. Anytime I have a whole kli, it becomes a broken kli as soon as I put it into the fire. Because once it starts burning, it's no longer a full kli. And if so, it becomes mukta. And if it's mukta, how do I mix it up? So the Gemara understands that that's Pasha, I can mix it up on Yantiv. It's not a problem. For whatever reason, I can mix it. But how? How does he mix it? It's mukta. David Kirav Masno, we must say that he does like Rav Masno. Dorav Masno Mirav. Eitzim Shinoshrim and Adekalitanur Biyantiv. The guy who is lucky, he has a. You remember that picture of the tanner? It's like a box, open box from the top. You put a clee on top. A branch from a tree falls off the tree on Yantif. Now that branch is noilad because on Yantif was part of a tree. Now it broke off of the tree, so I can't touch that branch. It's not like my other branches that I'm using on Yantif for firewood. And it fell into my oven. Can I use that branch? Says the Gemara, Mar I do what is called a bitl baroiv, and I have I have wood in there. I add more wood, whatever. They go into it. Are you allowed to be bitl baroiv? Not be bitl baroiv on purpose, not on purpose. The point is, I do bitl baroiv. I have non muktzaf wood that I don't care now about my muktzaf wood. So too, in our case, when he uses his utensil that was a kli and it became noilat anyantiv, I have additional wood. If it's just that kli, you're right. It would be a big problem of Touching that after I make it a shever kli. So I, I might be able to burn it, but I can't. But Ramosha Feinstein, I think, proves from here 
That's exactly it. I wouldn't be able to use it and use it fire because you must stoke it. And from the fact that I could use it, that shows me that I could stoke it. But why could I stoke it? Because I have other wood. I have non noilad wood. I have non mukta wood and memela. They're bottle bereaved. There's a bottle bereaved even for my utensil. Yeah, no, 51% to 49%. Zagdimara. Now, before we had, well, that was really a, a big shot in, in why we can't light the, the candle, why it's also to light a candle. Now we have another nice pshad in Tuma. A new pshad in Tuma. The first pshad in Tuma was, Rabbi Isai, if I take a, a beged and I fold it, do I get rid of the name beged? By me folding it into a wick, now it's called a wick, and before it's called a beged, and that removes the Tuma. And according to Rabbi Lazar, it doesn't remove the Tuma. New pshad. Rabbi Nuno Amar, so let me just tell you the, the, the sugyo balpeh. It goes on and on. I'll tell you very simple. We're talking about a guy that makes a shmata. You all know what a shmata is, right? A rag. Now, I don't know. Some people don't use that word. But I don't know. You had a beged. You have a beged. I'm looking at the screen instead of at the camera. Whatever. It's a problem. You have a beged that, that's a beged. Now I decided one day I don't want my beged. I don't want my garment. I want to take my garment. I want to make it into a rag. What do I want to do with it? I want to use this rag to stuff a hole in my barrel. I want to use the rag to hold the hot pot. I want to use the rag to clean my counter. So it's a rag. Then I took the rag. Now listen to this. It's three very simple things. If I take the rag and I put it, I fold it up nice and I put it in a drawer... That's a box, that's a kufsa. According to everybody, what did I just show? That I like my rag. It's a good rag. So it's not going to lose its name beged. It's going to remain tame. A beged is tame, can become tame. If I take my rag and I could say all day long, this is a rag, this is a rag, but the fact is I just treated it like my clothing, even nicer than my clothing, because some of my clothing goes on the floor, and this one goes in a nice shelf. It goes in a box. So mamela, it's a tzchashem. If I take my rag and I throw it in the garbage can, in the ashpa, according to everybody, what does that show me? I don't want it. And if I don't want it, it's not Tommy anymore. So there's going to be machloikis in our Mishnah between Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Kiva in a situation which is in between a box and a garbage can. That's called a peg. If I hang it up on my door, on the front part of my door where I have a peg, or I flip it on the other side of the door, which is a, a madrega less, one step below, that's a machlaikis. According to Rebbe Lezer, that shows I still like my rag, and I still consider it a beged. According to Rebbe Kiva, that's like going into the garbage can. It's nothing. So let's see inside. Just the Gemara goes through, it becomes slightly confusing, but that's the basic idea here. Matlonis is a shmata, is a rag. I'm talking about taking a beged and making it a rag. And this is the Machlaikas. The guy decided to take his nice suit, his Armani suit, and make it a Shmata Lifkik Boy Esamerchat. To take, to use it as a stopper, as one of those plugs for his bathtub. And to lift up the Hapad. He had some mill. That he, he grinds his, you know, his matzah meal now. Everybody has this hand thing. So he went and he used the shmata to clean it off. Whether it's to be prepared or not to be prepared, it's tome. So the Gemara is going to explain much better what these words are. Regardless, it's tar. Wait, don't worry, we're going to explain everything here. Soltar. Here goes. There's no machloikis. All three, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Shua, they all hold. If you throw it into the garbage can, tar, why? Because I just took my beged and I announced to the world it's garbage. Garbage is tar. Davchav Tesom and Beis. 
If I take it and I put it in a nice box, so then according to everybody, it's Tomei. If he hung it up on a peg, he threw it behind the door, you know like what you do, you tally, you take it, put it behind the door. Hold on. Where's, I don't know, it's here? It's here, okay, fine. Now I lost my, uh, my clip, but it's here. Somehow it's here. Okay, good. Rebeleza Savar, Midaloi Zorker Ba'ash Podaiti Lovei. Rebeleza holds, it remains Tomei. Why is it Tomei? Because I didn't throw it in the garbage can. I hung it on my door. Why am I hanging it on my door? Because I like it. I want it. So before, on the if you're saying about not being prepared, there's three, the, the, the stages here. If I take it and I fold it up nicely and put it in my drawer, that's the most prepared possible. That means I want it. If I put it on my door, compared to putting it in my, my shelf, it's loy muchan. But in fact, it's muchan. You hear what's going on here? I want it. It's muchan. So why, why is Rabbi Eliezer using a funny language saying it's not muchan? Because it, everything is relative. So relative to a person treating it with a lot of respect and putting it in his drawer, it's not muchan. Since he didn't put it inside a box, so he decided he doesn't want it anymore. It's no longer a beged. He's mevatel from a beged and mevatel from a beged. It's not mekabel muchan. So why, is, why in the world is Rabbi, Yezer, uh, Rabbi Yeshua saying on something that he doesn't want and it's not Tom anymore, he's calling it muchan, it's prepared. But it's not prepared, it's garbage. It's just a funny way of saying it. The bottom line is, Rabbi Yeshua holds, it's not Muchan. So why do you say Muchan? Because he didn't throw it in the garbage. He kept it on his door. Why is he keeping it on his door? Compared to the garbage, it's considered Muchan. Fine. What is Rabbi Kiva hold? We, we, we don't care about Rabbi Yeshua so much. We care about Rabbi Kiva. Because our mission is Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Kiva. Nothing to do with Rabbi Yeshua. So Gemara explains, Rabbi Kiva is live and Magad Sovak Rabbi Yezer. So the Gemara starts off saying that Rabbi Kiva is going to make an afkamina between putting on a peg and throwing it, tossing it over the door. On the other side of the door. The other side of the door is one step less, and that Rabbi Kiva is going to admit to Rabbi Shua that it's not considered a beggar. But then the Gemara says it's not true. So what's the first step? Rabbi Kiva, if he takes nice care of it, he puts it on a hook, on a peg, that's considered a beggar, he's machshavit, so it's mekabal If he tosses it behind the door, that he doesn't care about it. Otherwise, he'd put it nicely on a, on a hanger, on a peg. He doesn't care about it, it's not a beged, and he's mevatel. Says the Gemara, no. And at the end of the day, Rebbe Kiva holds like Rebbe Shua and everything. Doesn't matter if he puts it on a peg, or throws it behind the door, the beged is not a beged anymore. He showed he doesn't want it. And if he doesn't want it, it's not mekabal And that explains Rebbe Kiva in the Mishnah. Not, he says, not mekabal tumah, says, this thing is mekabal because he wants it. Mimai. How do you know the Rabbi Kiva took it back and he holds like Rabbi Shua and everything? So now the Gemara just uses a grammatical chap uh, over here. Because the, the, the Mishnah uses a Lashon, Psilas Habeged. Mayer the Tony Psilas Habeged. In other words, you could understand that it's still somewhat of a Beged. Listen, Psilas Shell Beged, that it came from a cloth. That it's not a beged right now. From the fact, Rabbi Kiva says, from the fact that he hung it up on this, on this um, peg, he's showing that it's still a beged somewhat. But Rabbi Kiva says, no, it's not a beged. Zak the Mishnah. Hmm? Yeah, so the whole case in the Mishnah is talking about a shmata, a beged. It started out as a beged. He had a nice cloth, piece of cloth, and he decided that he doesn't want it anymore. It says in the beginning, no, that it was shloisha. It was, so just to point out, we're talking about a beged that was above shalosh, between shalosh and shloisha, right underneath shloisha, but above shalosh. More than three fingers, but less than three tvachim. It was more than three tvachim, then it would be a beged anyways. And he decided in his head to use it as a shmata. 
but not stam. Talking about a shmata, this is a very complicated Mishnah. He's talking about a shmata that he hung up on a peg, but he didn't put it in a drawer. Because he put it in a drawer, then he for sure wants it. He threw it in the garbage, and he doesn't want it. He put it in the peg or over the door, then Rabbi Lezer says that it's Tomei still, it remains a beggar. Rabbi Kiva says it's not a beggar. It says the Mishnah. Lo yikav adam Yeah? It's almost like the custom suit that comes back from the dry cleaner with the holes in the back of the suit. What do you do with that? You have to just stuff it in a peg, in a hole. I can't. It has my, my daughter, my, my son-in-law's name in, in my collar. Right? It's, it's like, Dovish Bigdusha. So here's what's going on here. This is actually from, it might be too big, but you see what's going on here a little bit. This is the lantern. This is like the, you know, made out of uh, earthenware. And over here is a nice glass thing full of oil. So this shows that they're connected. But imagine if this was higher up and there's a drip, drip of oil that just goes in constantly into the, into the bottom part. Halachically, if I were to remove any oil from the top part, I'm over mechaba. Why? Because as is, this is supposed to light for five hours. I just made it light for four hours. Mechaba. So says the Mishnah, don't take an egg and fill it up with oil and make a tiny hole in the bottom and hang it over your bowl. And now you're going to have, you fill it up with oil, and now you're putting it right above your flame. Now it's going to drip, drip, every whatever, like an hourglass, right David? Like an hourglass. Now, why is this also? It's also because what happens if you do so, you're oiva mechaba. So I'm concerned that you're not going to realize so, you know, if you didn't know this halacha, or you're not paying attention, you think, hey, th- these two things are separate. One is my candle, and one is a source of oil, but they're not connected. So it's an outside source, streaming oil into my candle. So I, if I take some, big deal. Everybody understands that if the oil is inside my bowl, obviously I can't take from there. That everybody gets. But it's above, it's not, it's not attached, it's just going in, big deal. So, I don't want people to make that mistake. So, Mimela, I say it's Asr. Now, the Mishnah adds on, even if it's made out of earthenware, Cheres. Cheres is disgusting. Imagine those days, it's full of ashes and who knows what. It's a black, dark, hard to clean. So, I'm not on Shabbos, I'm not crazy to take oil from that disgusting thing. I'm just going to let it drip and finish dripping. No, even if it's disgusting, I have to be geyser on you. Virbiyu the Matir. Yeah. The Adam says they need a reminder what an egg looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who? Who's Abe Newman? Shalom Aleichem from Abe Newman. Anyway, but, wow, it's unbelievable. And Amatzi Shabbos, our boy side. Seriously, everybody should pat himself on the back. We're sitting here in, in, in uh, very good. Yishkoyach of Yosef Ehrman. We're sitting here. We're learning Torah. There's people dying, there's people sick, we're, we're forgetting about everything, and we're focusing on Tyra. And by the way, Noam Yishkoyach, I, I didn't realize you were there, and I was going to tell Avi, I wish Noam was here, because he keeps on hacking, I was like, I need another guy to hack, Yishkoyach for being on here, because you're usually not a Matzah Shabbos guy, but now I know that you're for real. All the times you don't come on Matzah Shabbos, I'm Michael you, because now that you're in Corona, you came, you're showing me that the reason why you don't come is because you really can't come. Gishmak, okay. Next, review the matter, review says it's okay. So yeah, I wanted to make like an experiment and take the egg and I said, what am I crazy? I'm going to use $45 worth of an egg? No way. No, but uh, David from Los Angeles sent me the whole PDF file from the Rav Steinsaltz and he got permission from him to use all his pictures. So Mela, I can use this stuff. This is from Steinsaltz. I went online, I couldn't find it. Yeah? Do you remember, do you remember the guy who sold you the Ketores in his museum? <laughs> he, got, he gets the ostrich egg and he puts it on the container. That's what you're talking about. You remember that? No, but I, me and my kids, you're talking about an ostrich. My, my kids and I, we went to the biblical zoo in Yerushalayim and we saw an ostrich lay an egg and then the ostrich ate its own egg. We saw that. 
what shaykh is? I don't know. But you said that the ostrich, that the biblical zoo in Bar Park, nobody should go there. I put I put it in Cherem. Abby, you weren't there when I said a whole thing about you. He uses your story that your house almost burned down, and he's shaking his hand. It's you. But when I said the story, you weren't at the shear that day. So one day we'll have to go through that story again. I don't want to talk about Shanhar now. There are a lot of people uh, that are that need a refuah. Mischus that I'm not going to say the story. Zok Tigmaro says the Mishnah. By the way, yeah. It's your cousin's birthday today. Jonathan's birthday. Oh, Mazel of Jonathan. What, 40? How old is he? Zagdi Gemara. Says the Mishnah. If you do this, this is kosher. Why? Because it's one cleat. The whole point is you can't have it hanging. I don't know how you do it. It would be very cool to see a device like that. Hanging an egg by some sort of device. Dripping into the bowl below. But this is motor because it's one piece. No one is going to make a mistake. There's no difference between this or a bowl. No one's going to take oil out of a bowl, out of your leichter. You know that's mechaba. So two no is going to take out of this device, even though it's above, dripping in. Fine. Same exact idea, but a different case. Two bowls side by side, with a long wick going from one bowl to the other. So one bowl is feeding the other bowl oil. So if you were to take out from any of the bowls oil, you're over mechaba. So it should draw oil. We need all three cases. What are the three cases? An egg, earthenware above, and now this third case of two balls side by side. Maybe that's where Abonan say that it is Asur. An egg is nice and clean inside, so you might come to use it to make sense. But earthenware the meisa that's disgusting. The Rabbi Huda they say it's mutter. So just say the case of earthenware. But in the case where it's nice and clean, everybody will agree to rabbanon that it's aser. Maybe you'll say those two cases and not say the case of the bowl. It goes right above. There's no, there's no hefsek between. But side by side, they're separate. Maybe he'll agree with Rabbanon that it's us. Fine. We need all three cases. But if you created it like that, if you have a nice clean one above the other, like in this picture, it's a beautiful picture. I don't know where he got it from. Almost, maybe he made it. Yeah, a nice jar above a candle below. If it's created like that, it's mutter. Tana, What if you did it yourself? You took some glue and some cement and you put it together. Mutter. It seems like that's how it was created from day one. Meaning that you know the difference. You know not to take from it. It doesn't matter if it was created like that from the factory. Or you retrofitted it later. It's all the same idea. Tanya Omer Rabbi Yudah Pamachas says Rabbi Yudah. <coughs> getting excited. Look, look, look what's going on here in Daflamid. See what's going on here? Story time. Davra Melech, ah, Kishmak is tough. Omer Rabbi Yudah Pamachas Shabbasnu Ba'aliyah's Beis Nitzah Beloit. Was once spending Shabbos in an attic in Beis Nitzah in Lloyd. Ve'iviu lanu Shreifer Shalbeitzah. They gave us an egg. I guess it was a thing in those days. I filled up the egg with oil. Exactly the, what the Mishnah says, don't do, I did. I made a small hole in the bottom. I guess what happened was they gave him a, a, an egg with a larger hole on top. So he was able to fill it up with oil. But he made the bottom hole, the small hole that should start dripping. Otherwise, it says, they, he gave, it didn't say he gave him an egg. It says he gave them a shveferish shalbeitza. I'm just stam, making a diok here. Shveferish shalbeitza means it's already, it's an eggshell. It, it, could, take, it, could, take, uh, it could take oil. So the, what does it mean he made a hole in it? Because it had one hole. He had to make the second hole. Look, nobody said a word to me. You see, it's a good thing. I could do it. 
Amr loy mishom raya, shani beis nitzah, this reason hain. Those people in beis nitzah are different. They're careful. So what if they're careful? What? So every, every place, everything is different? Okay. Says the Gemara. Ovin tzipayra. By the way, it's the only time in Shas he's mentioned. Gorar Savsola Bilisa Desheisha. He dragged a bench in the attic where, like in our days, what's the floor made out of? Nice tile. It was a tiled floor made out of marble. Here's a picture of a guy dragging a bench. This is from Rabbi Chade's book. We have permission for that too. So here's a guy dragging a bench. What's the problem dragging a bench? He might do harisha, he might make a guma, or make a little bit of a groove here. So, it's Dovashen and Miskavin. He doesn't want to make this groove. It's not his kavana to do so. And as we said, we already explained, it has to be that it's not a psik ratio. It's not 100% going to happen. It could happen, it's likely it's not going to happen, or not, whatever. But it's not 100% going to happen. Shimon says it's okay. He went up and dra- dragged, uh, like in our days, could I push my couch across the floor on Shabbos? There's no dirt. I'm not going to make a guma. So what's the problem? The problem is, what if I'm going to drag my couch in my backyard? Slight plug. Yeah, Avi's shaking his head because this couch moves all day long. Moving it from here to there. One of my kids was bored today. He took the couch and brought it all the way into the kitchen by the kitchen sink. Stam for shtick. Quarantine time. Yeah, guards have solid Lisa the Sheisha Laila Rabbi Yitzchak Ben Elazar right in front of Rabbi Yitzchak Ben Elazar's face. Omerlei Isha Tukilach. If I'm quiet, Kedushtiku Lechavrai Rabbi Yehuda. Remember that story that Rabbi Yehuda took an egg and used it. It was dripping oil, and nobody said a word to him. Rabbi Tarfan was quiet, and Rabbi Yehuda was all excited. If I do the same thing, Novak Ben Echurba. It's going to be a disaster. People might confuse it. Now, pay attention to Taisus over here. Tap Taisus. Sprinkle water. So in those days, remember, in those days, they didn't have, like we have these tiles. They had dirt. They had, I don't know what, on their floor. So they would try to get the dust down. They'd sprinkle some water. Over there, the whole problem is to make to straighten it out. There's a problem we don't have. So Taisus says that if your city, so I'm asking you a question. Why am I bringing this Taisus? How do we sweep our floors? How do we do certain things on Shabbos? Because in our floors we have beautiful tile. It's not a problem. Okay. But the Arabs in Gaza don't have. Says If your entire city is a certain way, then there's no loy plug. What was the problem over there? That he's going to drag his bench in the attic. It has marble, but everybody else doesn't have marble. You have to be geyser for everybody else. Okay, but that's because everybody else really didn't have marble. But in our day and age, where everybody has tile on the floor, so there's not a problem. You don't have to make exeris, says Taisvis. That's how we get these kind of halachas. That in our day, it's different. What's different? Because there's no issue of like plug now. Another story. So now we have two or three shitas here about this whole dragging a bench. We took it for granted. We didn't think about it. What kind of bench are you talking about? Yeah, what? Why don't we question for Ashwari Gumois on the Roba in between the tiles? I don't know, but why? Who's, did, your Roba is coming apart like that? I'm saying, why don't we have that? I don't, Everybody has a Roba and it definitely can come out. Nah. Yeah, that's a, that's a they, really vital chashash. It's not dirt. You're talking about Ashwari Gumois. Mom is making a, to take a deep hole. I'm looking around. I don't have Ashwari uh, Gumois. Maybe in the Nube Smerish they did a Shvacha job there. I don't know. Your house and my house are made by the same contractor. I don't see the issue here. Well, there's definitely no roba in the wall in our building. 
Yeah, so there's no Ashwari Gumas in the buildings, yeah, on the walls. Okay, but nobody understands our private joke here. Fine. If you live in Diamond Heights, and there's only 10 of us that live in Diamond Heights, here, fine. Okay, says the Gemara. So, what do we have here? What kind of bench... That's a good idea. He's saying that it's Erev Pesach. All the wives want to turn over the, the, the kitchen. So you guys just say, listen, the shear went very long tonight. It's a two and a half hour shear. And you're all potter. We'll do it tomorrow. It's a very tough daf. Tomorrow's daf. Oi, oi. Ellie said it's going to be really, really tough. It's one of those, agadita. I can't explain to you right now what agadita is. But listen, it's going to be a two, three hour thing. So Akobanim. Think about this for a second. Logically speaking, what would you say would be mutter according to Reb Shimon? He says he allowed to drag a bench. Was he talking about a very heavy bench or a very light bench? If you had to make a difference, if I told you there's a difference between light and heavy, which one would you say? He says, mutter. What do you say, Mayor? Light or heavy? What's mutter? Light. light is mutter? Why? My daughter says light is mutter. This is my daughter. Why? Uh, she says, because it's a trick question, fine. Yes, you are right. Light is mutter, heavy... No, you're wrong. Says the Gemara. No, the opposite. You know why light is usher and mutter? I'll explain to you, Eliza. Because light, you could pick it up and bring it somewhere else. You have no business dragging it. Rabbi Shimon said in a situation where I can't drag it, then it's mutter. Let's see inside. Reish Kanish, the right, I can't pick it up. Right in front of the Rabbi You hold like Rabbi Shimon that you're allowed to drag a bench in Shabbos. Hey, Madam Rabbi Shimon, big doylem, Rabbi Shimon gave his head there on a heavy bench. Right? It's a little bit different than what you would think, I think. On a large bench, he gave a head there because EFSHAR. So it's a kind of EFSHAR. Since it's difficult for you, so I gave you a head there. But why are you being lazy on Shabbos, dragging where you could come to make a guma? Lift it up, pick it up, and be a mensch. However, there's another shita that says not like that. The is when it's very small. Reb Shimon says it's mutter to carry a small one, a light one. That even Rehuda admits... That a heavy one is mutter. You hear this? Even Rebuda. There's no machloik is in heavy. Heavy, according to Ula, is mutter. Mutter of Yosef. But wait a minute. It says in the Mishnah three things, three items. Mita, a bed. Kisei, light. Safsal. What's going on here? It doesn't work out. It's everything. Large and light. Nothing makes sense here. You have to say that the, the bed is very light. Like a, like, a, like, a, like a chair. The opposite. It's a really heavy. It's like or something. A very, very heavy chair. Now here, listen to this beautiful kasha. Masav Rabbah, and with this we're going to finish today. We'll go up to the Mishnah, tomorrow we'll go with the Mishnah. Masav Rabbah, Moichrik Sus Moichrim Kedarkon. It's beautiful halacha. A guy that sells clothing from city to city, he's walking around, it's hot outside, it's raining outside, he schleps these garments wherever he goes, and he's selling them. The problem is that he has shatness. Could he put it on him? Could he wear it like this? Could he put it on his shoulder? As long as he doesn't use it to, to, to shade himself from the elements, from the rain and the heat, then it's okay. Because it's not a levisha. The Torah says you're not allowed to wear it. Putting it on you like that is not a levisha. You're trying to show your God to other people to sell it and not to protect yourself. That's motor. However, says the Gemara, the halacha is, but if a person is a tzaddik, he's a chassid, he would stay away from this. He doesn't want people to start accusing him of wearing shatness, so he puts it on a stick on his, on his shoulder. This guy could, if he wants, 
He doesn't have to put it on his shoulder, he can use a stick. He's lazy. So why doesn't this have halacha like a, like a light chair? And a light chair, Rabiri says, Rabbi Shimon holds is also to drag because you have a way out. Anytime you have a way out of it, it's efshar. You don't have to be over and drag. It's very light. Just pick it up with your pinky and move it away. No, you're not allowed to do it. So how come this guy that's selling begadim, he has a very simple aid. So you can take a stick and put it on a stick. So that's a bomb, kasha, on Rabir Mir Rabo. The boy side tomorrow morning, 7.15. Now everyone wants to stick around. We'll say a capital to Hillim. And I'll have a mind for Rafal W. Cheskel Ben Peril. Yeah, that one you can turn off. Oh, I don't have a sitter. Maybe you could grab me a sitter, please, from over there. Shir amaloiz mi mamakim kosicho adunoi adunoi shemo bekoli.